0: Welcome back to another episode of Doors of the Mind. We're going to be breaking down Dune the movie. I assume that this is Dune 1. The next movie will be called Dune 2. And then we'll do Dune Messiah. I am a little curious about how you do the naming conventions because Dune 1 the movie only covered the first two-thirds of the Dune
1: book. Well, I really like the first one-third.
0: Mm, pretty sure it's
1: two-thirds. No, no, no. Why do we have to start this off by fighting? I mean, <laughs> do we really have to go here? Listen, the first, the the like, first third of the book is essentially him being introduced into the fremen culture, and then the second part. I don't want to ruin too much, but you don't ruin anything. You know, it's it's what happens to him and the fremen culture, uh, that's and true. then and then I would put the final end with his like confrontation with the the stuff the stuff okay
0: what? <laughs> how I remember it is that so like towards the end of the movie he has the fight with Jameis. Mm-hmm. I remember that being much later in the book but I could be forgetting a lot of the details because obviously that gets him into you're right that, that gets him into the Fremen. And the book is a lot of development of his time with the Fremen, right? And then there's like a massive
1: skip, kind of. My understanding is they're doing three parts, Ooh. and so the I believe what they're doing is the first part is kind of a introduction to the world. This is Arrakis. And, these are the players. Yep, yeah, here's everything that's happening. Here's the Harkonnens. Here's House. Our treaties, there's this big betrayal. Uh, here's everything that's happening. And then part two, I'm assuming it's gonna be um his love interest and having kids, and or never mind, forget <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like Jetta Mind trick. You did not just hear oh, what yeah, he said. So. <laughs> uh, and then the third part's gonna be the Big conflict of stuff. I mean, that, that's how a book normally goes, I guess. Like, set the
0: stage, build the characters, climax. Right. I, I kind of hope they make it just another one movie, but probably that's something I could
1: have looked up and done. But we'll see how it all plays out. So, um, I believe they're doing three parts. Um, so, um, man, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to get more Dune. So I thought the movie was fantastic. Well, I mean, it's great they're doing three parts because the original movie was just one really long old movie. And I think it, I honestly never saw it, but um, apparently I was talking to a buddy and he was like, they just rushed through a bunch of the stuff. And he was like, it's much better that they kind of split this up in and, yeah. and parts. And I mean, that movie was two and a half
0: hours long. And, you know playing the fun role of the person who's read the books. you know, like, well, they left out this. See, so yeah, I can think of a multiple things I thought were important that were left out of the movie. And it's like, even... So, yeah, doing it slow, I think it's good. You can cover more material. But there's a wealth of material to cover. It's not like they're really skimping to find stuff to fill the minutes. There's a lot of stuff that was in the... Which I don't think was in the movie that's, like, important, you know? Like, okay, I think, let's, let's, let's talk about things the movie did well... And then we can talk about things that um, we wished were different or um, didn't like. Um, do for doing well, I think the casting overall was amazing. I oh don't think there's God. any character that I thought like oh they were not equipped to play this role.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think Timothy Charlemagne, I mean, played perfect Paul. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever <laughs> Zendaya. Zendaya is going to be Zendaya. Yeah, of course. Uh, Played perfect, Shawnee. Oscar Isaac. uh, Paul's dad. I mean... Number one cast. Like, amazing man. He
0: is the house that you understand. Like, so they, they lay the foundation, right, that the emperor is trying to weaken the house. I believe with this man in charge of this house, you need to weaken them. He is like a leader... He's very attractive.
1: Um, He's just a great dad. Uh, Yeah, I mean, played like perfect character. I mean, that scene between him and Paul, so moving, so touching when he's like, okay, if that day comes when you're called to be a great leader, and if you choose not to be a great leader, you'll still be everything I wanted you to be, my son. It's just like, oh, man, fucking hits you. And I think
0: I was it's agreeing, like, too, with laying, like, so Paul kind of shows that he's, like, pissed at his mom a little bit for, like, what they bred him to be, you know? But, like, that's um, juxtaposed with, like, well, it's not like you were, like, bred to be this and not loved, you know? It's like you were really valued in this place and raised the right way mm-hmm. so that you can be this, like,
1: omnipotent, powerful being kind of. The Quisette (laughs) Sadrach. Well, I don't think his dad knew everything that was going on. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, I think, if anything, it was kind of his mom. It was being witches. (laughs) Yeah. He was kind of like pulling the strings in the background. But Jason Momoa played an amazing Duncan Idaho. Oh my God. Just so good. Incredible. Yeah. Like,
0: one of those times where like a character dies and you're just like, I really love that character. Like, oh, he killed it. Like, Aquaman, you know, throw that away. Or did he die? He died. Or did he? I think he died. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, but Josh
1: Berlin, who plays Gurney, he was great. Yeah, I've never seen that actor, I don't believe. Uh, I've seen him in a couple of things. And I mean, he's just a phenomenal actor. Played, like, the perfect instructor who, like, cares for his pupil, but is also, like, trying to harden him Mm -hmm. and make him into, like, a warrior. I mean, he was amazing. Um, And then you have uh, the Baron, which, oh, my God, they did a perfect – like, like, he was so ominous. Very, almost very powerhouse, very cool, very – yeah. Yeah, I mean, they picture him in this book. It's just kind of this – grotesque grotesque like obese uh like incredibly obese character who he wears these like gravity suspenders that kind of like pull him up Mm -hmm. and i thought it was actually like really cool the idea of what they did where he was kind of able to like yeah this
0: this above the others robed yeah that was great all the acting was good um the cinematography was great. Just the scenes were gorgeous. Um, the fighting scenes were so cool. Like, great action, great sword play. Um, the tech of, like, the Seeker, you know, coming for Paul. Like, that was well done. Um, those, like, bombs that spun and penetrated the shields. Those were like just right. all-around great cinematography.
1: I mean, the cinematography was next level. I mean, I would... The only, maybe... I can think that had better cinematography was um avatar i was gonna say avatar yeah i mean it's i mean it's literally only avatar that's like the only movie i can think of where i was like yeah this had but i mean it was also like um cgi and a bunch of other stuff i mean what they had in dune i mean looked real i mean it was like it was gorgeous you like felt immersed into the the world you Mm -hmm. felt immersed and like you knew the characters i mean it was hands down i mean some of the best filming i've ever seen in any movie i mean i thought it was a masterpiece yeah
0: yeah um for before we go to dislike for neutral um you know it's like they changed leah kynes from man or woman but it didn't negatively affect anything anyway. I thought that that actress did a great job. Yeah. Um, I valued her role. I think they could have explained her role a little bit better as, like, what the planetologist means to the Fremen for, like, the work she's doing. They showed it a little bit when they were, like, in her, like, a sanctuary and they showed, like, all the plant life they were growing and that kind of stuff, you know? Right. So they did introduce that idea, but um, I thought her character was great. One thing I didn't like was that she is a Fremen and she dies by getting stabbed in the back. A Fremen would have known, man. She would have known they were coming for her from behind. I know the Sardukar are these badass warriors and all, but to have her die with just getting stabbed.
1: She so made, made me a You are not talking about the scientists, right? Yeah. I thought she got gets eaten up by a worm she does
0: she's calling a maker okay and then she takes out the hooks and you're like oh she's gonna ride ride it holy shit (laughs) and then it's just (laughs) boom stabbed in the back and then she's waiting there and then she starts pounding the dirt oh yeah to keep the maker coming yeah and then she says oh i wish i looked up the line but she just says like i only fear one thing and it's my god shy And then they all get eaten up, including the assassins. you're like, hell yeah, great death.
1: I'm sad she got stabbed. Here's one of the things I really enjoyed about the movie, where I feel like a lot of adaptions to movies kind of go wrong, is they feel like, like I feel like the director, and maybe I'm reading into what a lot of directors, what I feel like they do, is they try and adapt it to make it their own story instead of being faithful to the original telling of the story agreed and what i felt was so amazing about dune is they actually stuck to the script i mean it was almost scene for scene like you were seeing this come alive like leap from the pages yeah where you were like oh my god this is I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like, I'm, I'm seeing what i finally read mm-hmm. and it's not just my imagination kind of coming up with these scenes. It's like, holy crap, this is exactly what I like pictured this to look like this, what I pictured this to be. I mean, you have this dry arid land and people, you know, where water is scarce, where it's so valuable. And I mean, they portrayed that perfectly. I mean even you know each scene you know the scene uh between paul and leto w- wasn't in the book but it, it added so much flavor to kind of their relationship mm-hmm. and how paul looked at leto you think of you know paul meeting the like head Ben, guess it mm-hmm. um you know that scene was incredible which yep. totally happens in uh the book you have the whole betrayal and they even modify it a little bit with the Baron where he has to like get dunked in a tank to kind of regenerate or mm-hmm. whatever. But it was like this, like the things they're adding in or the things they're changing doesn't really like affect the entire they're, plot. are keeping the crux
0: of the story, which is just, for an example, I'm not doing that. See our wheel of time. show <laughs> Yes. But yes. The movie very much kept to it. It's like it's an amazing story. And they kept the plot going. They kept just, um, the characters are in line with how they should be. You have these like harsh Harkonnens. You've got these Atreides men that are very loyal and want to change for the good. You have the Fremen who are like very reserved and they're like, we've been oppressed before, but we're going to do our thing, stay out of our business. Like everyone was true to character
1: through and through. Right, and they like portrayed the characters perfectly, like the spirit of the character instead of, oh, this character really should have been like this or should have been like that. I feel like the characters themselves were kind of preserved in the way they should have been. And so I just feel like the movie just absolutely nailed uh, the retelling of the story of uh, the book, which I feel like so many... Uh, maybe so many directors they just totally get that wrong. I'm like, there's sometimes I watch maybe I watch a TV series and I'm like, that's based on a book, and I'm like, have you even read the book? <laughs> like, like, this did is something. So di- did someone just tell you about the book <laughs> and then you made a show, <laughs> right? Like, did you just listen to this on audiobooks and you were like, oh, huh, I think I could direct that, and just kind of like flew by like the seat of your pants making this like but I didn't feel that way at all with doing I mean I've I've, you know I can't reiterate further I think this was just a complete masterpiece in terms of the retelling and you know I think they nailed a lot of the things one scene that
0: I was curious about for which direction they're going to go with the movie is when Paul is having his visions you know he sees all these visions of Jameis where Jameis is like guiding him and teaching him as his friend. And I'm kind of curious. Like, I really don't know anything about Jameis' character. In all ways, he seems dead, but Paul had all these visions where Jameis is like teaching him. And I wonder if it's either, it could be that when Paul's with the Benny Jesser at Witch, the head one, she asks him, Do your visions always come true? And he says, Sometimes. So it could just be that not every vision he sees is accurate. Or I wonder if it's like Paul kind of had like two choices for how his path could go, you know? Right. And then like he could have done things differently and Jameis wouldn't have challenged him. But it ended up right that Jameis challenged him and then Paul kills Jameis.
1: Right, which kind of leans into really the only critique I have of the entire movie... (laughs) um is that some of the things weren't fully like explained and so you have the mentat uh do fear yeah and you know he's kind of doing his like mentat thing where he's like analyzing things for leto but it's never really like explained what he's doing you're just like oh this guy's <laughs> this guy's kind of odd. There's
0: a scene where like his eyes roll back and he gives a calculation. Right. But it doesn't go into like the training they've had, and like their power.
1: Yeah. So like the mintad, you didn't really like understand really what it was that he was doing. That he was calculating all these different things, and that he was predicting what the harkonnens were doing. And he was thinking about all these strategy which he had been trained to do, and it just kind of like glosses over kind of doing, or at least like explaining. Okay, this is why fear is doing, you know, kind of what he's doing. Right. They showed a little
0: bit when um, Paul is attacked by the Seeker, and Thurfer tries to like withdraw from like his role, and the Duke is like no, now when I need you more than ever, you're not going to withdraw. So it shows that he has, like, trust, responsibility, but not that he has, like, the extent of that power.
1: Right. And there's, like, other parts in the movie where it just kind of, like, glosses over some of those. Like, even him seeing the future, like, it's kind of alluded to. And you can probably, like, assume, like, okay, he... It's probably seen like a future event happening currently, but it's never really like explained, which in the book it does a really good job where it's like, okay, he's seen multiple different outcomes. He's kind of almost like stepping outside of time. He's looking at these different timelines, but then he kind of steps into these unknown areas or these dark areas where he's kind of unsure about like, okay, I didn't see this. I don't know the exact, like how could like what I'm doing actually like impact or affect the future. And so I feel like it kind of glossed over some of those things, which is my kind of biggest, I guess critique really my only critique of the whole thing, which is, I feel like relatively small in the grand scheme of things where I'm like, people can kind of pick this up or if they kind of lose this and the shuffle, I don't think it's that, Mm-hmm. it makes that big of a deal. Yeah, they probably weren't going to break the movie down into six parts
0: or the first book, <laughs> so you got to lose a few details. Um, the other thing that I was sad that we didn't get was um, just all the forewords at the start of the chapters from the Princess roulan's diaries, you know? I have no idea how you'd work that in because it really breaks up the books, you know? Like, it's like a separate segment. The movie is trying to drive forward, so you're not going to, like, have these like plot devices that like add depth through that. You have to show it. They did a good job of showing most of the characters and like
1: how the plot was moving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, I mean, how would they have like added that in? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, there's no way you can add it. Like, they they plot, find like, her every... diary and
0: read from it. Yeah, no. yeah. It's like they did a great job. Um yeah, this awesome movie. So many scenes that stuck out to me as like this scene really encapsulated like the heart of Dune. Um I really love this scene. I don't know why, but this scene just I thought about it a lot. Where Paul is having like his first vision when they're down trying to pick up the spice harvester, and he's like on his knees with the visions, and he says I recognize your footsteps, old man, as Gurney runs out to grab him, She said that earlier in the training, like that was stupendous. Um, I thought the respect given to like the Benny Jesser witches was great throughout the movie. Um, the fear of them and their power, kind of the voice was great, like when they used the voice. Oh,
1: right, that was powerful and good. Which can be kind of one of those areas where you're like, this could kind of be like, come across as really corny and be, like, Uh really badly, like, imagined. But the way that they, like, the director and the way that they played out the whole use of the voice was, oh, my God. I mean, it was, like, spot on. It was, like, this is, yes, this is what, like, I wanted to see. If we could get
0: somehow the audio of different voices they tried for that, (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Like, is there like a little Smeagol voice in there? <laughs> the <track> <laughs> He's like, oh my I'm timeless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great. Overall, really excited for the franchise. Um, no real complaints. Like, everything that I thought, you know, could have been done differently are just small decisions that I don't think were done poorly.
1: Right. And everything that they changed, I mean, I was like, Yeah. I'm not upset about that. I think it makes total sense in light of the story. You know, I would jump in and give this a rating of nine point five. Yeah. I'll just go out and say it. Like yeah, not... I I believe this was just a complete masterpiece. I mean, maybe even like maybe even like a nine point eight. Like, I mean, this is, like, close to perfection but for me. This like, is the I was
0: blown that away. That I love so much. And I know a lot of people that haven't
1: seen it, you know. I'm like, You need to see this movie. It was fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, and I know people who didn't read the book, who also thought it was a masterpiece. I've also met people who haven't read the book, and they're like, God, oh, I don't really get what all yeah. the uh-huh. hype's about. But, you know, to me, and what they did with the adaption of the book and the way that they envisioned this movie and how much work they put into it. And, you know, I walked away being like, man, they were faithful to the original telling of the story. And to me, I'm like, man, that means so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I fell in love with the book of Dean when we had just read it for the first time this year. I mean, I couldn't put... The book down. I think I read it in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, "This is, you know, uh, a piece of art here. This is amazing." And to see, you know, a director who is able to be faithful with kind of the retelling of events, and I mean, do so in just kind of a beautiful, magnificent, with all this cinematography. You know, you you had these a list uh actors who were doing a incredible job of acting and played their characters perfectly i mean i just i just can't give dune you know enough praise so let's try to take the mindset
0: of someone who doesn't hasn't read the book and just based off the movie can you think of things that you're excited for in the next movie to see how they play off while not trying to reference anything you
1: know in the book, are you able to do that? Uh, first off, read the book. It's <laughs> <This is> incredible. <laughs> because it's amazing. It's true. You should actually just read it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would imagine seeing Paul kind of get introduced to the Fremen and start to have kind of like, we had kind of referenced this during when we did our review of uh, the book but um, it kind of has, like, it dances with wolves. Anyone who's seen that movie, maybe I'm kind of giving away my age too much, but Kevin Costner's finest. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you have this this character who's placed in this society that he's not originally from, and he has to learn all these different things of how they relate and how they do things differently. Right, I'm really excited for the culture. And so that's, that's what I'm imagining it, it kind of being as Paul and his mom, learning more of the culture, learning more kind of how the Fremen do things. Paul becoming a better warrior as he trains with the Fremen. Um, Him, you know, falling in more and more in love with the leader of the Fremen's and that kind of interaction and relationship that they have could be really important. So yeah, I would be really, you know, if I hadn't read the book, those are kind of some of the things I think would be going through my
0: head yeah i don't think that's a spoiler right that paul and chani are in a relationship you don't just pick Zendaya, <laughs> you're yeah. like oh she's just this side character over here who's paul's age he has visions up all the time like yeah i'm excited for their relationship and they've got some eyes towards each other yeah. it kind of happens a couple of times oh, you're yeah. like come on i see you, paul mm-hmm. i see you, timmy yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for more of the action, seeing like the Fremen, like these fierce warriors, and especially as like um, uh, the Harkonnen leader, um, the Baron, uh, is saying to Raban, like, you've one job or two jobs, make money, crush the Fremen. So I hope that we'll get almost more scenes that, that are in the book of the Fremen versus the Harkonnens. Like I'm excited for that. I want to see how that really plays out. I think that's be, be interesting. That would be great plot. It'd be really interesting seeing how they kind of come to a head as Paul becomes this awesome warrior. I don't know if that'll happen in part two though. I don't know either, but I Let's see I'm hoping for it. Like I think it is set up to happen just because they really
1: emphasize that point of like
0: crush the Fremen.
1: Also, which this isn't really a spoiler if oh, you haven't read the book. Just trust yes. me But whether or not the character uh fade or by Faye, Faye Ratha. Fade Ratha,
0: right. Yeah. The character who we did not see in the movie. Yeah. But that's a he, character that's
1: gonna come in. He's inevitably gonna come in eventually. Mm-hmm. He's gotta be a character. He's a character in the book. So if you've just seen the movie. And you haven't read the book. This is a character that comes in. He plays a really important role. From the House Harkonnen. From House Harkonnen. But beyond that, I'm not going to give any more information. But it will be really interesting whether or not he shows up in the port yeah. 2. Yeah, I think that he has to
0: show up. Um, I'm going to see if I can find out who's playing that character. See if that's released. See, I search it. And okay, it looks like it's only referencing the original Dune movie from my initial Google Google search.
1: Yeah, they may keep it hidden. They also might have kind of a alternative, which, which... I actually found. Um says this character this guy named Austin
0: Butler is in talks to join the cast of Dune Part 2. So they are going with Dune Part 2. Did you call that, right? I like you There's to supposed to be
1: three parts.
0: Okay, well, part two, fade it sounds like around. sounds like you don't trust me. Um, I mean, I haven't looked anything up and used to hear me wrong quite often, so <laughs> no reason to just implicitly Listen, just trust Just because
1: you. I record one episode <laughs> the wrong way doesn't mean that everything I say is useless, okay? <laughs> Not everything, just half. <laughs> just half. Well, so look, what would you
0: have rated? I agree, 9.5. I love the movie. I thought it was beautiful, I thought the characters were well developed, I thought that the Shai Hulud looked awesome, I thought they gave a good amount of foreshadowing but not so much that you're just totally lost. They're showing, right? That one scene where like Paul is with the Fremen and they're dressed in these like very futuristic looking armor and they're like just killing out in the fields, like they're showing that there's this possible future of battle. And Paul is scared about being the Kwisatz Haderach. He accuses his mother, of like, you've made me this awful being um, with, like, so much power and responsibility. So I'm curious to see how that will all play out. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was well done all around. Wow. I love the movie. I watched it a second time last week, you know, just a few months after seeing it the first time. And I was just as encapsulated. I loved it. I was not... Looking at my phone, you was watching it at home in bed. That's easy to lose your
1: phone. I was in, dialed in. Yeah. Well, wow. this might be the first time we've agreed on a rating. That may be true. <laughs> um, well, yep, that's our review for Dune, the movie. Um, so next time we're gonna be doing the Dragon Reborn, mm-hmm. visiting the Wheel of Time again. And then after that, we have something really exciting with Dune Messiah, the second part of Dune. Can't wait for both. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.